Welcome to Singled Out, the ninth best Guild Ball podcast. Please stand by. Welcome to episode 49. In this episode, Andrew and Jason talk to Charles Nasser Charles Nasser about the Mortician's Guild, what his lineup looks like, and how he plays them. Then Jason can barely restrain himself and talks about black art. Today's listener is Pete O'Sullivan. Hello, welcome to Singled Out, a podcast with some Gilball and Jason in. I'm Andrew and I'm playing Masons. Woo! And I'm Jason and tonight I'm very, very excited because we've got a special guest with us today. We've got the heartbreak kid himself, the man so deadly they named him twice. It is Charles Nurser. Charles Nurser. Hi, I'm playing Union at the minute. Yeah, you are. And before his box has been opened. So before you want to talk about a team that you aren't playing them with? Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. You had one job, Mountain. You had one job. Alternatively, we could talk about the team and the captain that he is playing. <laughs> we could just do that, I guess, instead, couldn't we? I guess so. Um, so Charles Nurse is a good player. He is the only member of the GB team for the WTC that's not from Nottingham. Um, so it, it was you, Jay Clare and uh, John Lee who came third. Yeah. Um, which is the the highest non non German team in the WC? It's good. Um, how was it there? Was it good fun? It was amazing. Yeah, it was it was just a really good time. I don't think we'd expect to do anything like that well, to be honest. But it it happened. Is would you say it's fair that the reason you did so well is because you launched my favourite tactic and submarined? <laughs> that might have helped a bit. I That's it. Have to admit, yeah. washed in the first round, and then you rise back up to the top. I don't think everyone got whitewashed in the first round. It was just me, really. Because you played, you played Germany team one, didn't you? Yes. Yes, yeah, so remember... that was a bit of a tough matchup. Against who? Was... Which German was it playing against? I was playing against Christian. 
Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because I know obviously we're going to talk about other stuff, but he was quite complimentary, and it probably ties into talking about morticians, but on the Double Dodge podcast, he was quite complimentary about how well you controlled Hammer. Um, I think I still, he played it really well, and I still made some pretty bad mistakes, I think. So what what do you think you, what did you do to control Hammer then? Why? It was just keeping him engaged and that kind of thing, but he still got so much work done that I could have done better, I feel. Well, yeah, that's fair enough, right? Well, he, better than, because I lost 12 too, so it must have been something I could have done better. You could have done 10 VP better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a monster hammer. He He's one of those captains who I, I don't know. If you can control him, then he doesn't do a lot, and I feel like his team doesn't do... Uh, he does a lot of the lifting for the team, but if you can't control him, it's just a nightmare. And I think that having the double-counted charge just make it really tricky to to kind of get to him and stop him doing what he wants. Because if you try and put Oddbillis too far forwards, then he's got to deal with the counter charge. Mm. Do you use um, Cosset to lure him at all? I, I I don't really run Cosset. I'm, I haven't practiced with her enough. And when I do use her, she just gets killed. Yeah, that's fair. She is. She probably is the ultimate class cannon in the game. I'm, I mean, I think that definitely people can get a lot of use out of her, and maybe in that kind of matchup, she would be sensible to deal with the counter charge because she can your brick or marbles to get them out of the way. Mm. I suppose the risk you've got, because I when I played Morticians, uh, uh, where did I play them? I played them at Vengeance, I think it was the last time I played them. I used Cosset in every single game. <laughs> I mean, there's obviously a difference in play styles, but I do find and um, just being able to reposition models so that Obulus doesn't have to do it, or using Obulus to yeah. reposition a model that's uh, activated and then send Cosset in after they've activated is can just be brutal. Well, I think the big problem with morticians is they don't have many proper burst damage dealers. They can't just send someone in and do solid 10 damage or something. So Cosset is like the only one that can really do yeah, that kind of, of damage. It's like Graves might put a, a couple here or there and then Bleed does some work and Ghast can do a bit here and there. But I find they all need a lot of setup apart from Cosset, who if you've got the bird or something in there, you can actually she can actually do it herself. She yeah, doesn't need always... like three crowd outs and tooled up to kill someone. No, she and just she's needs probably the only one. Who hasn't got like a ridiculous count uh, counter charge, counter uh, counter attacks. There's anything that's because she's got no way to knock them down herself. Yeah, I think anyone with sort of a push or anything else like can really ruin it, can't they? Sorry, Charles, that's the sound man getting a bit uppity. <laughs> Listen here, Mountain, I edit this podcast, I can delete you in seconds. <laughs> yeah, but then there'd be nothing other than Charles <laughs> talking. It'd be a very <laughs> podcast, but I could do it. Um, so we're going to talk about Union then. I'm um, sorry, uh, morticians. Inevitably, I'll steer it onto Union because I'm so excited to hear Charles talk about them. Do you want, do you want to tell us your 10 then? Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. We're going to plug the tournament first. Oh, yeah, sorry. I completely forgot. Actually, and I did have another question, which I think is quite interesting before we go down that that route, which you just reminded me as well. I wanted to just mention uh, Jumpers for Guild Posts 3. Is it, Charles? Is it the third one? Is that what it's I called? I think so. Yeah. It's the team event. I know there's tickets still available. Where is, is it? it? It's... it's on Facebook. <laughs> it's on Facebook. It's on November the 4th. Where I was going to say it's November the 4th or... Yeah. So it's a team event, three people per team. I know there's people looking for teams if they... If, like, you're on your own and you want to go. 
Um, do come along. I love team events. It's going to be a lot of fun. Me and Charles are two thirds of Operation Baby's Bottle, and um, Cumber's coming along as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be there. Okay, it's at the Downswood uh, Community uh, Centre. Uh, um, yeah, uh, basically, uh, yeah, uh, in Kent somewhere is it? Yeah, yeah. It's just I think it's east of London Town, and I know Rich from at the Beard Minis. Shameless plug. Is going. Um, couple of guys from the bunker, uh, Chelmsford Bunker, who are all lovely lads are going. Um, uh, some of the guys from Hastings 1066 War Game are going. So it's, it's going to be a nice mix of people going. Um, some people, I won't reveal too much because they've told me not to, are taking themed teams. Uh, but it's not like WTC where you can't, you can have multiples of the same team, which I don't think you could do at WTC, could you? I think you could have multiples of the same team, but not the same captains. Ah, okay. I didn't realise that. I thought you possibly because no team took two of the same guild. So I just well, it would be a bit of a bold move to just take single captain and two different. Single yeah, captains. yeah. Uh, maybe that's why they didn't do it, and maybe it's more to do with that. Um, and the other thing I thought that I wanted to ask actually before we went down the um, uh, talking about your morticians team is talking to you at the. British Championships, your background in wargaming, I think, is really interesting and quite different from anything that I know of from other people. Because a lot of people have played uh, War Machine, I haven't. But your background's uh, Epic 40k, isn't it? Yeah. Well, oh, nice. I, I think. Yeah. Well, Epic Armageddon, but yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that's like the fourth edition. Yeah. So, and so you didn't, you haven't played like 40k or. I have. I have played a bit of 40k, but I got. I had it. Ages ago, and I got a bit more like when sixth or seventh edition, I don't know, one of the recent editions came out. I played a bit more, but I've, I've never played it that much. And, and you still play that a bit, don't you? I I had an epic tournament in September. Has I it changed it was... much? Because I last played, last played epic in the sort of late 90s, where it was blast, blast markers and it was a lot of sort of, um, it, was, it was redone from scratch, and you had sort of, you know, um, uh, a lot more sort of. Um, What's the word? Uh, sort of loose. Um, the rules are a lot more sort of um, rather than having abstract, sort of guns. Yeah. yeah, abstract. Yeah, you had sort of firepower values, and you had sort of blast markers, and um, I quite liked it, but it had a lot of sort of fan rage at the time because it wasn't quite the same with the old, old version. I think with when they did Epic Armageddon, they made it a bit more. They made it slightly less abstract, but it still got all the stuff like the blast markers and that kind of thing. It was really clever way of doing it, sort of the way to sort of suppress units and stuff. Yeah, because it means that even if you can't actually damage something, you can make it less effective, which is yeah, a really nice down. mechanic. Yeah, it also felt kind of felt a bit more realistic, you know, how sort of you know, see, so you, you know, war and stuff, people sort of being shelled and having to take over and stuff rather than just being blasting away at each other. <laughs> Fun game. And it's also alternating activations. Oh, is it? Yeah, I don't remember that part. Well, I mean, I'd, maybe it was only the when they did the new edition, but I think that that definitely helps with moving to Guild. Sorry, go on. Uh, yeah, I think it's the way the way games, I think, are moving towards now having that mechanic because it's a lot, a lot more interesting and a lot more tactical. I think, isn't it? Really, it brings a lot of sort of skills into sort of prioritizing what you can do in a turn and stuff, rather than watching your opponent spend half an hour killing your toys. We well, can't just have a plan, a, a complete plan at the beginning, and then just do it. Yeah, and just kill the entire the army or team or whatever. I think it's just more engaging for both people as well, though, isn't it? Like you say, if you're playing any game system and one person has got, uh, say, a heavy shooting army and one person's got a heavy assault army, you just spend the first couple of turns 
walking forwards, getting shot, walking forwards, getting shot, and then it's like, oh, got nothing left now. Whereas the alternate activations, it keeps you both engaged all the time. You don't have those kind of 20 to 30 minute dead zones where you're just waiting for your opponent to move stuff and roll dice at you. Yeah, speaking of which, how's your Death Guard game, Jason? <laughs> yeah, it was a bit like that. <laughs> it was a bit like that, unfortunately. Yeah, I did play 40k again for the first time in ages the other day. And I, do you know what? One of the mechanics I really don't like about, um, or, or maybe perhaps not about other games, but one of the mechanics I really like about Guild Ball is outside of very few circumstances within the game at the moment, confidence being the only one that immediately springs to mind, there's no re rolling. So it's like, that's what you get. That's your dice deal with it like and confidence is an ability that you have to pay for using a resource which reduces other things you can do whereas in a lot of other game systems or certainly the ones that i've played recently it's there's a lot of things that just make you re-roll and it just seems to reduce the the jeopardy of the dice you're just kind of um not what's the word uh you're proofing against um uh, probability. Well, the, the variance dies, doesn't it? There's, there's, there's no variance anymore, is there? In terms of what you do, basically, you can the, the, you can suddenly rely upon having this many hits almost. If you're rolling dice and rolling all fours, mm. you know, does it kind of with Gilball and I know, obviously, Charles, your your background work-wise, you've got a, have you got a maths degree or something? Yeah. So you're probably quite familiar with probability and percentages, and it's pro- maybe it's something you what. Well, yeah. In fact, there's a question. Is that something that you bring to your game when you play, regardless of what team you're using? Do you think about probability and before you carry out an action, or do you just sort of go by the seat of your pants? I I do. I I don't. I'm not able to work out all the stuff on the go because I find it it would take much too long, and I couldn't do mm. that on the on the fly. But I think for some things, it's useful to just have the odds or whatever memorized, or and then generally. Just having the expect, or obviously just an expected number of hits is useful to have, and then use that to sort of estimate what kind of chance you have of getting things. And it's important to remember that you don't always get the expected number of hits. Yeah. Like you know, like you should get two hits on a four-one model with tax six, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it's only like a seventy percent chance you actually get that. Yeah, that's the thing. You kind of feel that you should get it, but when it doesn't happen, it feels rough. But actually you know one in four times it shouldn't happen yeah i think even even a small amount of math knowledge helps because a lot of people roll roll um say tag five tag six models against four on and expect to get the sort of third result in their playbook it's like that's yeah. not gonna happen stop, stop it's like obulus yeah going for the yeah. two damage with obulus oh yeah from, <laughs> three hits rather than two yeah yeah also yeah. No, tag five on tag six that's right Just yeah changed and suddenly his damage output goes to the floor doesn't it yeah it's something that um I've been writing about on the blog that will go up on the uh, on the um, uh, WordPress site about very similar with Brisket is that she's got that uh, two damage on the third column exactly the same as Black uh, Blackheart exactly the same as um, Obulus and she's tack five exactly the same as Obulus but the circumstances with which you're going to get it aren't that often so I think like you say I I never I can't work out the probability I don't have a clue but you. It's working out, or just being aware of what actually are the realistic chances of hitting your higher end of your playbook. So I think when a lot of people talk about, oh look, this model's got X, Y, and Z at the top of the playbook, it's like, yeah, but yeah, actually the likelihood of getting there aren't that common. It's nice that it's there, but they're not things to rely on. Yeah, so looking at Brisket here, Captain Brisket, she got a knockdown on on five hits. <laughs> <It's> yeah. like, <laughs> when's she ever going to get that? <laughs> 
it's, it's charges, right? And I Even think that if you charge, you're not going to get. I guess occasionally on parting blows, it's nice to yeah, I guess it's nice to have the option to yeah. make people think twice, maybe. Load yeah. of fans and you spike it with bonus time, maybe. Um, yeah. It's a thing, isn't it? It's like, out, guess, um, her a plum, which is again going off going off topic bizarrely for change. But I think a plum's on the fourth column, so the yeah. time she's like to get is on a charge, which means if she's charging, she's unlikely. Yeah, yeah. Thing to her. If you charge them with the ball and they see it coming, they're going to. Defensive stance against it anyway, and then suddenly, yeah, yeah. four hits, That's... no, <laughs> yeah. But that. anyway, yeah, uh, garbage. All right. Um. So, um, you're here to talk about morticians, even though you aren't currently playing them. Um. Yes. So we, 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 haven't, we haven't done the guild focus episode for ages. Um, a long time. Um. So, um, should we go through a ten, a ten that you have, or should we just talk about the guild in general terms? What do you want? I can start by going through the ten. Okay. Sure. Let's do that. So no. basically, well, I'll go through all my general sixes and then I'll add the other ones that occasionally might get in there. Yep. So, uh, yeah, generally Obulus and Dirge because I haven't played enough with Scalpel to practice properly. And I think Obulus, in my experience, Obulus is better to use. I, According from Double Dodge, it sounds like the Germans definitely think that Scalpel is good into stuff like Masons, which I haven't really tried enough, to be honest. Uh, I, I would say so. I think she, I think one of her, sorry, no, go on. Oh, I'm, so I'm, I'm I was just going to say that Dirge, because it's either Dirge or Bass one. Well, it's just Dirge, isn't it? <laughs> I think the scalpel point's interesting, because one of the things she is really handy for, particularly with, like, against Hammer, is it's one of the times when Tormented Agony can actually be really handy, because he wants to take the influence off other models. You can move it from those other models onto models further away, so he can't get it. Personally, playing against Scalpel when I've been playing uh, um, Masons, I found her quite scary because her ability to basically ignore some of the armor of Masons means she's fighting against a lot of models that are three-one, um, mm. and yeah. so she can just cut through them. Um, I mean, three. Um, I mean, God, her her, her near Flint is just horrible. <laughs> oh, you're three-zero. That's nice. Um, so I personally found her quite scary to play against. Um, certainly, Masons player, especially especially if, if she kicks. She's so aggressive first yeah. turn, but then yeah. again, Obulus can do a you know obviously great things as well with, with the ball, can't so. Yeah, but I find Obvious. against I I had a I tried scalpel against engineers a couple of games and one of them scalpel just got dead bolted by ballista and then with Obulus at least he can still be doing something. Yeah, yeah, uh, range character plays and things. What she just sits on the ground being sad. So who else in your team other than those those two? Uh, Graves just because he's generally useful tooled up. Situationally, he can get some pretty nice southern blows and that kind of thing off. And just being able to put out bleed is really useful. Uh, Miss, yeah, I think this is a pretty good staple in in most uh, most morticians teams. I mean, tooled up on its own is just money in the bank. Particularly as we've just discussed earlier that morticians don't really have many models that can put out burst damage. But if you can tool a model up, you can increase their chip damage by a fair amount. Yeah, and then another one who can do a bit more damage probably is Brain Band and Memory. <coughs> Are you using them quite regularly now? Then? Or you were using they're, them? they're in my standard six now, really. That's interesting because they're they're a model I've I've struggled I've struggled to use them a bit. I find I I get very um, distracted by Memory and like constantly doing his dodge, and then sometimes I find myself getting Wanting to go in to hit a model because actually he is one of the models who can do some serious yeah. damage. 
particularly if you get a couple of crowd outs and that. And also by the fact that I feel he should be scoring goals. So then I get sort of stuck in this situation of, do I go and get him engaged on models or do I then move him towards the goal with his dodge? I think with a lot of morticians players, they've got two kind of roles that aren't always doing exactly the same thing. Like generally players like Garst and Graves are just there as support models, but occasionally they can do a lot of damage when you get the things off like unmasking and siding blow when you set it up really nicely. It's a very good point, actually. It's a very good point. And I suppose, again, like Bonesaw, who obviously is going to be in your six, he can score goals. But also with the unexpected arrival in circumstances, it can be a very disruptive piece as well. well I think Brain Pan and Memory are just really nice because they do actually have the momentous damage. They're mm. generally not doing that much unless you tool up Memory or you get lots of crowd outs. But mm. it's still... So good to have. It's also that, that free crowd out, isn't it? It's like, okay, look, you can spend influence to kill the puppet if you want. I've not got a problem with that because he's just going to come back. And sure, you're getting momentum, but you're not actually getting VP. I think it's worth killing the puppet if it's tooled up, but otherwise, probably not. Yeah, I, I played one game and uh, I had a little mini game going on in my head at the time where I was just seeing if I could kill Brain Pan with a Vet Rage charge before um, being just off the charge. That was a little game I ended up playing with myself. So, so how many goals did you manage to score, to score with them? Or did you manage to score with them often or are they more that for momentum and for the violence? Uh, they, they occasionally do actually get some goals. They're, they're a nice sort of third striker to have in the team. So are you including Obulus as one of your strikers? Yes, he's he's there as the second striker, and then Brain Pan and Memory probably is the third striker. I think because they've got the stuff like the free dodge with Memory when you faster Memory, it's mm. in, as well as all the other dodges, it's quite easy to get a snapback goal with them. Yeah, that's true. And then because he's always in tapping range as well, isn't he? He's what three four? Yeah, so he's, yeah he's three four. So bonus timing, even if you're ending up having to do a snapshot, it's still not that. Yeah, yeah it's still pretty good odds. Yeah, something like three dice needing threes is it's what is it? It's it's a better chance of success than four dice needing fours, I think. Uh, uh, four dice needing threes is like ninety percent chance it goes in. Yeah, I think three dice needing threes is something like ninety six. Uh, oh, what, just a normal kick? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. just for a normal kick, yeah, it's it's ninety six. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Because I was looking at that when I was talk- writing about Brisket. Um, so who else you got then? So uh, as my main striker, I got missed because I I think it's important to actually have a striker who can yeah. do something on their own. And that's um, that's a change in your lineup, isn't it, from the Arata? Because before yes. changes to Avarice and Greed, Avarice and Greed were your union pick, aren't they? Yeah, they were there for the kind of automatic goal. And then for Avarice to be there singling out people and just being fairly hard to kill unless so people get him in the right, yeah, on the wrong situation. So that's actually, you changed your tactics quite a bit from Priorata because Priorata, you were playing, if I remember at the, it must have been at Vengeance, weren't you playing Obelisk, Dirge, Ghast, Casket, and Avarice and Greed and Graves? Yeah, that, yeah, that was my lineup. So I, I felt with that lineup, I had a pretty good brawl thing in the middle as because I could make the fight on my terms generally with Obulus. Yeah. And then I'd have the guaranteed goal, which was pretty important because it's only a 12 influence list. Mm. I suppose so also I could, that yeah. if you get the casket time off, your 
low influence is offset by the fact that if you can get the enemy's captain, their influence is lower for a turn. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So who's next? Uh, so yeah, the last slot generally is casket, which is a correct life choice because the box is the box is fun, and also heavy burden is pretty nice. That kind of yeah, thing. yeah. He's got for a big guy. I think he's got so much utility. I think he's. I think Fowloader can once the scrum starts. Fowloader is not really an issue, and obvious just get ignores it anyway. The puppet ignores it anyway. Dirge ignores it anyway. And Mist is probably too far away from it to care. And then. Just having like heavy burden, ghostly visage, a fairly decent playbook, and two six kick on a big guy is pretty solid, I think. He is very good at controlling players like Pet Castleus. Yeah. Cena, that kind of, because it's probably worth spending a couple of influence, just heavy burden and ghostly visaging them to make sure they're mm. not doing anything at all. Yeah, minus eight in the charge. Well, an inch in the charge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's pretty harsh. Well, any Furious model hates it, don't they? You think, like, Cena, if you've got Foul Odor and they've uh, you put Ghostly Visage up and Heavy Burden, he he can't get you. He just can't do anything, unless he's yeah. obviously... Do you always put put the first person you can into the box, or do you sort of target certain people if you can do? I guess captains and things. I think uh, captains are nice. If someone just overextends someone or it's hard to get the captain in, I'll just take anyone, really. Mm-hmm. I know um, Jay was playing um, Farmers last, last week and he got Grange put in the box, which is, which is, which is pretty serious, turns out. Yeah, I I, I, I think it is quite bad. But... <laughs> is that something you've ever experienced? Uh, maybe, maybe once. Yeah, l- losing, losing your half mark is and five influence for a turn. It's like, let's go home cry now. <laughs> it's pretty if you, serious. If you, I did find... Um, I think Ox has gone into the box the most for me, but that was a lot of season two uh, when it was a lot easier and I was using Scalper and it was a lot easier to get because you didn't have home crowd. Yeah. So I'd always kick off and then go last with Scalper and you could just generate so much momentum and you'd either go after Princess and kill her or go after Ox and pull him back, win the initiative, finish him off with Casket and then he, he was a pretty easy victim to get in there. But captains, yeah, captains are your number one target. But after that, it's just it's four VP and they're losing at least two. In- well, yeah. no, I suppose it could be one. But generally, you're taking two influence away from the team and an activation. And if you can get well, someone only- who's a proper utility player out, that can be quite nice as well. Like if you can take Tilled Up off the board for two turns. Yeah. Do you drop him against engineers? Or specifically more, I guess, the Pinvice team? Because it has to be a human, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I think... Pinvice is incredibly fragile, and she's. It's very likely that she's going to get low on health if she's trying to do anything. But has she got the human keyword? She does, yeah. Okay, so she can go in. But yeah. it's like models like it's Colossus, Compound, Velocity. Like Colossus like... and Compound are human, so they can go in. Velocity. No, uh, Colossus and Compound. Oh, are they? They're human oh, and Mechanica. Ah, okay, so they've got the human keyword as well. Okay, so there are more options than I thought. I thought that'd be one matchup where, what with reanimate and tough hide and everything, he uh, perhaps wouldn't be such a good choice. But yeah, if they've got the male uh, male human keyword, then it does give you more options. But in some matchups, I will take Ghast. I think sometimes it's nice to have the extra two inch and the rising anger and that kind of thing. What rather than casket, as well as yeah, rather than casket, because I think I need, I still need mist the goals i still need graves for the tooled up and general utility stuff 
So it's either it would either be cask or brain pan and memory. And I yeah, find generally brain pan and memory are pretty flexible. Yeah, they they can do they can do a couple of jobs. I think also. So what's what's your uh, your subs bench then? Like you said, Gast obviously. Oh uh, yeah, Gast. So Cosset, I very rarely use her, and when I have it, it hasn't always gone well. Yeah. Uh, Bonesaw. I haven't. I've had a few games with him. He's done some good stuff, but I don't know if he'd be. I don't think he's a regular. Probably, but he's he's done some good. Definitely done some good stuff. Do you do you think he works? Uh, I think he's pretty risky. But the thing is that because he's got such a big base, it can happen that even if he misses the pass back, he still gets the ball. Mm. Do you do you think he has more legs in a team when you receive? I think that's probably the only time he has. Who bone saw? That's the only yeah, time he has yeah, legs. If, if, if you kick, why take him? Because he won't score that goal really fast enough. And this is the eternal problem I have with, with Bonesaw myself. I do, is, do you have a preference to kick or receive, Charles? I generally will kick, but it, there yeah. are a few times when I'd rather not. Like maybe against Hunters and that kind of thing. Is, See, Hunters which is, is not a great the, matchup for morticians. I was going to say, Hunters is one of the matchups I actually prefer Scalpel to because uh, Theron, Agret, Zarola, Chaska, they don't care about Oblitz's unpredictable movement and only 14 health goes fairly quickly while Hearn as well was skewered. So actually I, I prefer pin, uh, pin by Scalpel into the, in, in that matchup. Well, because Hearn's got the forest as well, so he can just jump right in and finish yeah. off Oblitz. Yeah, and yeah, I think that is and that is one of the matchups I do actually prefer Scalpel into. Um, did you do... Was it just, yeah, so see, I found with Obulus, I always want to kick because I always want that last activation to have the potential to do, and I always kick with Obulus as well. I generally kick with Obulus. I, I think maybe if you have to go into Hunters or something, maybe Mist might be okay because he's a bit harder to get all the conditions and things on immediately. And that way you've got some kind of kickoff threat. Yeah, and he can just stick the ball in much more awkward positions than yeah. Obulus can because Obulus's kicks are like Blackheart's kicks. They're generally pretty straight down the middle. Yeah, it's just a punt over the line, really. You've yeah. not got real... Um, well, that's one of the strengths of Scalpel is you can really reposition that ball into some awkward places. So do you take um, Silence anymore? Because obviously in the past is really good. Um... I think... I think he's still good, and I think people still get really good use out of him. But I, I haven't tried him that much, and I haven't actually painted him, so that is one of the reasons I don't <laughs> have him in my team. Yeah, I mean, we should have him tucked. See, it's also really useful in certain matchups, and yeah, particularly against like low defense captains that want to do a lot of the work. It's very important to suddenly to control them, like blind or yeah, the order of activation things. I think um, he uh, something I've mentioned on. The podcast before I think much like Stave with some of these new teams that are coming out he's going to have another renaissance certainly against um, blacksmiths you can uh, like shut out anvil or with farmers if you can shut out grange or whatever you can really do some horrible things to their turn I know obviously you've just said that about the, the captains but there's other other situations within those teams where perhaps like you tuck um sledge so he has to go before the setup's there or whatever but the point being those sort of you can make windle go when he doesn't want to that's that's it that's another good ranged control abilities like lob barrel like shut out and tucked um they're going to be pretty strong and i I think like uh, yeah double dodge were 
when they were talking to that Peter fellow, they were saying about like how strong range control is in the current game. And I guess with these two new guilds coming, well, farmers are out already, and I suppose blacksmiths are in a way, but those guilds are going to be the ones that it's strong against. Well, quite, yeah, fairly, fairly low defence models, aren't they? And, mm. um, yeah, I mean, blacksmith ones to some degree of setting up, and so do sort of farmers to some degree, don't they? Mm. Um, so, yeah, any sort of range control. For me personally, yeah, again, Mason's, uh, Mason's always hated, hated silence because of his ability to just to, to declare how you activate next models and stuff. Uh, but then I guess with your lineup being quite goal heavy, you have, you just run out of spaces pretty fast. Yeah, but I, I think probably I could drop Cossit the way I play it and put silence yeah. in, or maybe even Bone Saw. I was going to say or Bone Saw because probably Bone you... Saw to be fair. But... Yeah, I, I I don't know. I, I I think if I'm going to yeah, if I go back to morticians, I'll definitely have a lot more practice with scalpel and cosset. I think they're um, I think they're pretty strong. What matchups do you do you like then, or is there any that you don't like? I think, unfortunately, into the range control teams is not always good. So smoke and theron, uh, theron and uh, engineers as well because yeah, ballista. Because I think that obelisk does not like having damage and conditions on him at the same time. No, that fourteen health goes very quickly. Because he needs, he can't be on fire. He can't, he can't really handle being on fire because that takes his move down so low. So he needs to clear conditions generally. If he's snared on fire, then he's just not moving. Do you find, as a bit of a side note, do you find that the same with Blackheart then in your experience with him? Because obviously he's got the same base kind of move. It's shadow-like and then 4-6, 2 inch melee. A lot of his movement is from the dodges that he gets off other models, which is similar yeah. in a way to Obelisk. But I think he's his dodges he gets more out of than Blackheart, really. Yeah. And yeah, he's actually do, he's doing damage. He's, his double dodges, for one thing, he's actually hitting the double dodge a lot more <laughs> because he's attack 6. Yeah, that's very fair. And he's doing damage and he's getting momentum from it. Yeah, so, it's just about the other significance is that he's getting momentum, whereas uh, Obulus isn't, is he? Because his double dodge is not momentous, if I remember. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really useful to have when... Because Obulus can actually do some fairly shark-like goal runs mm. if he needs to. But it, it is all non-momentous. I do find some of the janky Obulus goals that you can score are the jankiest of jank. Well, things, things on, on the topic of Obulus, um, when you sort of allocate him in influence, do you tend to give him... How, a full stack, or do you tend to give him sort of? He okay. Turn one, he always gets a full stack. Well, when I'm especially uh, when I'm kicking, he gets a full stack always. When I'm receiving, he might just get enough to puppet master someone and pass the ball. Uh, when it when it comes down to the actual game, he needs. I think a lot of the time he does want a full stack to make sure he can do what he wants to do. But sometimes, if he's just there for the threat of the legendary, then he only needs a couple. I find them. Well, he gets taken out. It can be pretty it, on the occasions it does happen. Him coming, it, that can be him out of the game for a turn or two. Yeah, it means you, he, if you haven't used a legendary when he comes back, he does at least have that threat, and you can leave him late because he's not doing anything else. Yeah. Presumably, you want to hold the legendary over over your opponent's head as long as you can do, and maybe want force them to best spend their momentum before losing it. I guess. Yeah, I think I. When I was running the big guys lineup, I'd use it very early just to make sure I got the turn one goal and put pressure on for turn two extra goal. But I think that was probably too aggressive, and when it went wrong, it was not ideal. So I, yeah, I've been trying to hold it as long as possible. I always find I quite liked it for the um, 
the cheeky uh, winning goal, if you had the ball at the start of your activation and you hadn't used it, or the start of turn, you could just um, steal their momentum and then just go and take a shot without interacting with anyone. Because <laughs> of, uh, of his like shadow-like, so you shadow-like two, sprint six, which gives you a then Puppet Master himself another four, which is ten. So he has a sixteen-inch threat on goal, and he doesn't have to interact with anyone. It, it's 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 a, it's a trick to have in the back pocket. I think that's what I what I liked about Obelus and the Morticians is just lots of little tricks in there. Have you ever used Motion Misdirection? Yeah. Yes, but generally, generally not in a particularly sensible way. Occasionally, if it's someone like Windle who's there and I can't do anything else with my influence, so I use it. Or if I've messed something up and can't use my Puppet Master properly, then I'll put a misdirection out instead but i probably don't use it enough it's uh, again okay mentioning black heart is one of those abilities that i find because obviously black heart's got it as well <laughs> i don't you i hardly ever use it because it, it you feel like it's costing you two to mess with their one but actually if you think about it in you pay two they lose one and if you've got a model within four inches who hasn't activated you allocate one to that model you're actually balancing your influence to their influence if you see what i mean so you've paid two they've lost one you've gained one so you you haven't spent two to do nothing you you, you can balance it out and then it I can mean, yeah i mean if, if you're aware of their, their stacks and what they've got counterplay play wise you know if, if alchemist player give you know like mercury two to do a fire blast or whatever mm-hmm. you know those, those sort of things i guess if, if you're really aware of what's going on, on the table it can be powerful it's also handy just like captains, like say Hammer, taking him from five to four, that's significant. Like three damage, isn't it? Or, or yeah. Maybe. yeah. I think the best time I've ever used it, or it wasn't with Obvious, it was with Blackheart, but it was to a misdirectioned Boar after killing Philip, charged Boar, double dodged off him, scored the goal, then dodged back into him after the goal. So he had no influence and couldn't charge. <laughs> that's pretty good. Probably just why I'm not a very nice person to play against. No, not really. <laughs> who else is here? Um, who else is here? Uh, Vet Graves. Oh, poor Vet, poor Vet Graves. Um, is yeah. that it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone agrees with me, Hodge. <laughs> I don't know. So, my thoughts on Vet Graves, I mean, obviously, we want to hear Charles's, but my thoughts are basically the back of his card doesn't exist. Because it's well, all it, about making yeah, swarms. Yeah, he seems to be the vile swarms never going to get taken by anyone. I guess, yeah, his, his card's blank, isn't it, at the back? Yeah, and even the things that it does do, like giving vile swarm plus one damage, you have to spend a point of momentum to make vile swarm do plus one damage, but his damage output's pap. And it's like, or you could have spend a point of influence and tool up any model in your guild. The one thing that he does have as an advantage is that he is the knockdown, which is much better than not having a knockdown. Yeah. I yeah. mean, just for in terms of he can engage people and it can mean something rather than just walking away and taking the passing blow that they do with normal graves. They do, yeah, but against on three hits, seven dice. It's not bad, is it? Passing blows. But even against like normal graves, at least they're taking they're taking um, damage and bleeding as well, which is pretty nasty. And having a tackle on one means if they've got the ball, they really can't afford to take that passing blow. He's trying to he, be. He's got the sorry. The count, Josh. Count. No, I was just going to say that uh, the problem, he's got the same problem as Graves, that he's actually quite squishy. And slow. He's he's even slower than Graves because he hasn't got damaged target, has he? No, so he's always 5'7". Yeah. I think, do you think there's any merit in 
I was talking to Steve Margotson about this, about putting him in against sort of like a a low tech team. So possibly like yeah, alchemists and or certainly smoke alchemists or um, some engineer lineups. And if you need to hold the ball, putting him in cover effectively makes him a three-three model. So they're so they've only got tech four, like a lot of the alchemists have. They're only really, they can only get one net hit against him. Yeah. But I think the alchemists can probably just kill him with conditions quite easily. That's the Yeah, there is that. There. I was trying to find something. <laughs> but no, I think he, he can he he's definitely once he's in cover, he's at least hard to shift the and he's useful with crowd outs and stuff. Yeah, but then normal graves does the crowd outs anyway. Yeah. It's not something that you don't have with the normal one. It's a difficult one. I've, I've used I mean, him a bit. Grave digger. I mean, bonus VP if you manage to pull it off. But I think the thing is, like normal graves is with tooled up so much more useful anyway that that has to have a real purpose to him to make him worth it. I do really like tooled up, but I only actually use it properly once or twice a game. But that could be a big swing on to even that usage. Yeah, it's it's that time when Obvious actually kills something rather than doing five damage. It's huge. I'd use it in Union more if it wasn't for the fact that it's on Rage and I don't really take him. But I do think in the guilds where you can take it, like for um, Butchers and Brewers, it's such a useful ability. And Masons as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, it can be a pain later on in the game because, of course, the activation cost is quite high later on in the game when you want to get things done. But you can't afford to, afford to use it, potentially. Um, but yeah, it's obviously really good. Support. And turn one, I'm... Sorry. So I turn one I'm just tooling up Obulus, not expecting to do anything with the tool up generally. Just in case something presents itself. Yeah, but you won't be losing anything else, so you won't be losing out of the infinite which are you yeah. first turn. No. I found I would tool up cross it and then puppet master someone in. But then I found because I wanted to get the momentum turn one to uh go first turn two, you obviously and you, you then end up working out what's the least amount of damage she can do to not waste the two influence she's got on her because she just kills things. Yeah, I just I haven't played her enough to be good at putting her in the right place, so she always just dies from. No one uses Fang Tooth anymore. No. Um, what about Minx? I prefer having the Striker. Yep, fair enough. That's that one. Moving on. <laughs> because I think that I think they're just too fragile the morticians to play a long grindy game now, but. Yeah, are yeah. like the lowest health pool team, aren't they, or something? Is that what Jim Perkins said? Yeah, and I I think before when I could have Avarice and Greed there for goals as well as the kind of tanky player, I could I was reasonably happy, but I think now it's just too difficult to, to get a team that can stay in the fight for long enough to play all kills or something like that. I think that's very true. I think like the only really resilient model is Casket. Everyone else is like, I mean, Garst's got, he's got rising anger, but you know, twenty-one hitboxes with um three-one defensive stats is not going to keep you alive. Well, even long. then, three-one with tough hide. I mean, you know, Casket is, I guess, more survivable. But even then, knock him down and he's going to die pretty fast, isn't he? He's got reanimate. Re but any any serious damage team like Brewers or Butchers can just Go through it. or Union really can get him. Yeah, yeah, it's true. They have got incredibly bad health pools. Especially because Silence lost three, didn't he, from um, the season two to three errata. And... Well, he, he lost defence five and like 400 hit points before this, I mean. yeah, And three. That's ridic absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> like, oh, that guy. Um, so when you play the game of Guild Ball with Morticians, do you try to win sort of uh, two goals, two dig outs, or three goals, or 
what sort of I think it ends up having to be quite flexible depending on how the game goes. I'll generally try and score a fairly early goal and then see where it goes from there. I mean, occasionally I've yeah, I've had three goal wins and six takeout wins, but it's generally somewhere kind of one or two goals, a couple of takeouts and hopefully casket time. Yeah, you want basically a couple of goals and, and a box, isn't it, I guess, for you? Yeah. Um, I guess that's, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, um, having that having that box for VP really just changes how the game works quite a lot, doesn't it? Because suddenly well, yeah. uh, you, you, can get, you can get that 8VP really fast. Yeah, definitely, because morticians, they already have to work hard for their kills because they don't have that many of the burst damage players. So it's it makes it worthwhile really setting it up. So do you find you have to sort of sort of slowly wear, wear multiple players down to make sure the combo will be healed rather than focusing one person at once? No, I, I generally it's just focusing one person and just getting a huge number of crowd outs on them and then sending Kalski in at the beginning of the turn. So you're basically for a big, a big sort of death ball and just feed the box into that? Generally, yeah, that's not good against condition things, but hopefully by that time you're getting enough momentum to clear the conditions anyway. Bit. There's another point I just thought about Casket is he's one of the few big guys, certainly off the top of my head, who can actually take more influence. And most of them limited to three, aren't they? Uh, yeah, quite a few are. Uh, what's what's the maximum that um, the big guy can have, the cat can have? Cat, cat's 2-4, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's 2-4. Yeah, OG cat is. Yeah. Um, there are yeah, many but... more that are, I think, off, off, off the top of my head that can have four. Engineers, they can't because Colossus can have three. Um, He's just... Brick as well. Have I just sort of said something that's completely wrong? Nothing's wrong. Things like but bricks, bricks have a maximum of three on them, Connie. Yeah, but, but, oh, bricks two, three. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think most of them are three because I realised I was cheating for like three tournaments in a row with with um, with Colossus. Well, I was giving him four. Someone, someone picked it up and like... You can have three on it, so can he? It was like it was like about three months into playing engineers. Like, oh, <laughs> I wonder what else good. Uh, no, secret, tenderize. Secret tech, though, you see. Yeah, just make it up. That's what yeah, I always do. Simple, yeah. There's no one that's doing well with the flash water, but even 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 they wasn't doing that well. Um, tenderizer is one four. So yeah, I mean tenderizer, but you don't see it very often, do you? Compared to casket, I guess. Um, um, I don't actually think you casket as much as you should. You I think? feel like he didn't get used anywhere near as much as he should. Um. Maybe I mean I think casket time may have some degree of planning set off. I mean it's not like an auto auto success, is it? It's not, but like for the reasons that we've already discussed, it's the utility that he brings. He's got just so many other things going on. Like casket time's fantastic, legendary, and probably one of the best in the game. Um, in fact, it's I think only him and Hag have got a legendary. It's probably something else I've got wrong, uh, non-player wise. Uh, and it's just, it's really strong, but like we said, his playbook, his um, potential damage output, his uh, character plays, there's just a lot more going on with him, I think, than he gets credit for. Yeah, um, I guess requires some degree of practice to play off, otherwise you might find that your aura can actually affect you as well. I mean, do you find that at all, Charles, in terms of... Well, yes, I do. I do. do. I do still occasionally manage to mess it up. Actually, yeah. In the actually in that first WTC game, I I put Casket in the wrong place, so Obulus couldn't get round Puppet Master Hammer. You are a pro. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I could have legend reading used gliding, but then that would have been a bit yeah, bit of a disaster. It's not really worth doing that. It's probably go down as one of the worst uses of um, Obulus's legendary ever. <laughs> well, I, th- I think Jason's itching to talk about Union now, isn't he? Yeah. Go on, Mount- go on Mountain. Let it rip. Uh, are we doing? Is this uh, going to be the second podcast then? Like, you don't normally want to put out a three-hour show. 
Well, it's not been three hours long because I'm editing it. Um, so, all right. We're, 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 we're going to... Yeah, you've opened Pandora's box, haven't you? So yes. the trouble with this that it means inevitably at the start of the year we'll expect to see a Blackheart errata coming out now. I mean, I've been bubbling under the surface quite nicely, Charles, doing sort of okay with him. And now you've sort of blown the volcano and shown everyone what he can do. So crush dreams for a bit with him. Yeah, well, he, in fairness, you did have a practice game before you won the tournament. <laughs> yeah. So what's your usual lineup with um, Blackheart at the moment? Then? Well, with either to... captain, I've been running just uh, Strongbox, Gutter, Mist, Benediction and Decimate. Yeah, that's a, that's a team I, I really like. I like I like Hemlock in there as well, though. Yeah, I, I'm kind of painting her up. I will be late this evening and tomorrow evening, and hopefully she'll be done in time. I think she, that's a it's a pretty strong it's a pretty strong six. There's no there's no weak links in that team. I think sometimes I swap out Gutter for Hemlock just for a bit of ranged ranged play, um, being able to soften some models up before you go in or particularly against Masons, just being able to get blind off on a few choice targets. Yeah, definitely. Blind is just a very useful place to have. So, uh, who are you kicking off with then? You kick off with Miss, don't you? Yeah, because yeah. I think just having yeah have, having the two-inch dodge as well makes this threat completely ridiculous. Yeah, with Benediction as well. Being able to get that shadow light beforehand, then if you... The dreams to be able to shadow light into, fast, into cover to then charge 10 inches and then acrobatic out. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's quite nice. <laughs> it's glorious. It happens every now and again. It's pretty glorious. Well, who did you play against at the event and what matchups did you have? So I had... Uh, first game was against Corsair Fish. You played Vet Rage in that though, didn't you? Yeah, I played Vet Rage because I, I thought I'd rather have the damage there. Did than... you have Shark as well then or did you just gamble? I think I can't remember if he had both, but I maybe he only had Corsair. I, I'm not sure. Okay, interesting. But I, I, I think what I was thinking was that he was more likely to play Corsair, and so I put Rage in there. Okay, that's fair enough. And then, so was that one goal for takeouts? I think it, it was, or missed, missed a crowded out shot, turn one, two dice, and then after that, he just had the ball. So I couldn't get any goals. I got three takeouts, mm. and the rest were clockout points. All right. But he, it, yeah, I think he he got two takeouts, but he was really close to getting two or three more because he he set up some gutter siding blow stuff really nicely. Uh, okay, so he had gutter in there as well. Yeah. Nice. And who did you play after that? Uh, yeah. Then. So, yeah, sorry. So, the first round it was Cal Jones. Second round I was against Andy Thomas and Susan Brisket. Nice, yeah. He's a big fan of her at the moment. I'm still not 100% convinced on her competitiveness at the moment. Um, yeah, I, I, Snakeskin got two goals in that one. Yeah. Against yeah, three, so. <laughs> with, um, with Brisket. So, why did you not take Rage in that matchup then? Because I would have thought the extra dice from. I thought Fish. that. Having a two in, extra two inch to deal with season brisket would be nice. Did he only have season brisket? He only had season brisket. Okay, right, yeah, that's fair enough then. And then next round? Our next round was another union match. It was against Ross, and he I was just... using uh, Rage. So I, so I said I'd use Blackout. Oh, was that agreed before the game then? 
Well, I, I, I was leaning more towards using black power, but anyway, so yeah, kind of. Okay. And so what, I what? had a miss, miss kicked off and I had a goal run against Rage who had the ball, but I bounced off the turtle, rolled all hit somehow. <laughs> so I dodged into Rage and then I have to tackle him and then he miss, misses that bit. That's the bit I had that the other day. Missed charges um, Hooper, I think, uh, after kicking off. Gets the dodges to get into the cat. A bonus time, because I got, yeah, I got the wrap, so I got two points of momentum off the charge. A bonus time, the attack onto the cat, because I'm like, okay, I really need the ball here, otherwise I'm sort of sat next to all the brewers. So five dice, didn't get the five. And then I've got one point of influence left, four dice, tackle the ball. I'm like, yeah, of course I did. Why would it not work like that? Nice. So what are you finding? Yeah, so misdied in that one, which was not great. And then we had quite a standoffish situation. And because I had second wound and he didn't, Black Car was able to go in, get us momentum, bounce off Avarice, and that was pretty important. Yeah, second wound. Uh, that's one of the reasons I think Decimate is... Decimates in, I think, every single one of my Blackheart lineups now, just because she's got two fantastic character plays. And if you kick off the Blackheart, being able to put a thousand cuts on the target before he goes into them, it's just yeah. disgusting what he can do to them then. And then Strongbox managed to kill Rage by doing 11 damage in one activation. Of course he did. Why wouldn't he? Did you did you get the Sickham Dream? Yeah, well, it wasn't butchery or anything. It was just Sickham with three crowd outs. <laughs> so... It's so nice having a two-column playbook. And it was on a knockdown rage, so, yeah. He's, um, he's also like a, one of only a handful of models in the guild, I think, that have got a momentous tackle. So why would the tortoise not have a momentous tackle? Just tortoise. <laughs> or turtle, if you're James Long. Um, so what are you finding with Black Cartland so far? What, what stands out for you about it? What's the appeal of him? Uh, I think... Well, I think the team as a whole has a lot more direct damage going for it. Yeah, definitely. Like, you've got players like Decimate. Well, I mean, I guess you're kind of reliant on Decimate, Gutter and Captain for the damage because Benediction is just there to do pushes and and crowd outs. Mm. That is one of the things I find if I do drop Gutter for Hemlock is the damage output of that team does very much then just become Decimate and Blackheart, which isn't a bad team, two models to have tandeming another model but it means you're kind of more focused on goals than for actually getting the final points yeah and also if you've got a canny or opponent who's aware of what's going on they'll realize that if those two models are quite close to each other that's where all your damage is going to come from so you either move away from them and then if blackheart can't bounce off people then he can't get to where he needs to get to um yeah i do like that six i think it's very strong what 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 is your 10 for this Saturday then? Do you know? I It's actually in front of me, or some of it is. So, yeah, it's uh, two captains, mm-hmm. uh, Rage, Blackheart, uh, mm-hmm. Strongbox, Gutter, Decimate, Mist, uh, Benediction, Hemlock, and then two more, which are going to be probably Harry and Rage. Oh, what, original Rage? Yeah. Okay, interesting. And Harry, you would still use him? I don't know, but I've, I'm happy with the paint job, so, yeah. <laughs> I, and I think he oh. could still be useful for some things, but I just, I'm probably just going to mainly play with the five, uh, with the mascot and the four players, just every game, really. Okay. Maybe swap captains, maybe put Hemlock in 
but otherwise I think the bench is just there for show. See, I wonder if recently I've been mixing up my union a little bit too much and trying to get a little bit too clever with it. I think um, I think that uh, the six that you've mentioned is, I think, probably certainly the most versatile six that you can probably put in the black heart. And I do sometimes wonder if I've been putting in Hemlock just a bit out of trying to prove a point that she's pretty good. No, I think she is really useful, particularly when the other person is backing off, mm. because it means you do have something that can reach out and actually do something. Then I guess who do you drop for? I, I have been dropping Gutter, but I actually wonder if maybe dropping Benediction is the better move because he, in in certain matchups anyway, because he doesn't contribute VP really, if ever. Occasionally he will. Every model does occasionally get you VP, but he's very much like you say a bit of a control piece. I think if you're playing Rage, either Rage, he's really important for those pushes to disengage. Yeah, and for or for a normal Rage being able to. One, make him sturdy and also being able to extend Red Fury. Oh, Vet Rage, yeah. Yeah, yeah Vet yeah. Rage, yeah. Yeah, yeah. sturdy Sturdy's really handy. I think do you, perhaps maybe because I've been playing, I've played Union a bit more, I, I wonder if sometimes I get a little bit too caught up in having to have the Salthesian keyword for Mist, for the, the free dodge, whereas actually, you know, before those two came out, Mist was still good, and Mist is he's, still good. Like he's still good, but he's it takes him almost back to where he was in season two. That's the well, it gives him a twenty-two inch goal threat again, yeah. doesn't it? I find it's yeah. I did find quite often you get the goal turn one of Mist, and he gets taken out, and then you you hope that they score late in a turn so you can kick it out to the side of the pitch that he's going to come back on, and then he can just go and get another goal again. Yeah. I think that's pretty much it. Um, no minx. Uh, or is that just haven't painted her yet, but I think she'll probably go in for either Harry or Rage when I do get her done. See, I've just dropped um, I've dropped Rage for Minx because I've gone on the theory that if I'm playing a matchup where I think I need more damage, I'll just take Vet Rage, and then yeah. I because I find like like we've discussed with um, the other girl like morticians that way. Tooled up is obviously an undeniably good ability but butchery does that if i need yeah. that damage and um, yeah it costs two influence but you can target an enemy model then every model in your guild gets the damage bonus against that you can get it off the playbook it's not once per turn um and so then i find myself asking the question of when do i actually play original rage yeah i i mean i, I yeah he's in my tent but i'm not going to use him i don't think spoiler alert if this goes out tomorrow people this is well, it, it'll go out tonight. We haven't fallen asleep from hearing your union talking for the past ten minutes. Oh, because um, like, never had to listen to you talk about masons. That's interesting and relevant. I think it's fine. Is it? Is <laughs> it? Totally is. is. <laughs> you want to talk about masons now? Because I've got a pot of paint I can watch dry. There's no point because um, the masons team is going to take with me on um, on um, Saturday. I can't play anymore anyway. No. Um. So you know, well, you can't play masons anyway. No. Should we um? Should we let Charles get on with painting Hemlock then? Uh, yeah, well, well done for your painting award, Charles. I haven't oh. mentioned yet, but um, you got second place. Yeah, I, I was really surprised, but yeah, it was it was really nice to get because I think there were some there were definitely some technically nicer things that people had painted there. So, um, Jason um, likes painting models, but could do some some pointers. Any sort of tips for Jason on how to, how to paint models better? I think more agrax. I mean, yes. is is four coats enough? We need more than that of agrax to make it work. I, I think four coats and then some kind of detail shading as well. Maybe another couple of coats. Yes. 
I, th- I think my dream paint job is to base coat the model in Agrax, then do the base colours in Agrax, then probably do a first layer wash of Agrax with edge highlighting of Agrax, and then a final shade of Agrax. That would be my... I can't wait till Martin hears that bit because he'll probably choke on whatever he's eating at the concept. Have you not seen my morticians? They are layers of wash. <laughs> they're well, they're spray. Yeah. I don't think I've seen them actually. Are they, are they, are they ghosts? Are they concept morticians? Are they or they're not? They're not quite full on ghosts. But I sprayed them black. I then think I dry brushed them like a, a medium grey. So if you're using Games Workshop greys, I think it was Eschen grey. No, maybe a bit lighter than that. Then I did a light dry brush of a lighter grey, and this is where the concept really kicks in. I used, um, uh, is it Nagarath Nightshade? Is that the, I think that's a deep blue. I think that's it. I used that on like the, the trousers or skirts or the, the lower part of their clothing. And then to really take it up to crystal brush standard, I used Karenberg Crimson on the top layer of clothing. And then to really bring the concept forward, I painted the metals using lead belcher. Then I agraxed over it because what models complete without agrax. And then as a final finishing uh, skill, I used blood for the blood god and the weapons. Well, I, th- I, think, I think Charles is looking you were in there as well to, to claim his second place, really. Uh, you know, and that takes about, that's not an easy paint job. That takes a good part of 15 to 20 minutes per model. Per model, that's crazy. Per model, yeah, I know. It's next level concept. Well, at least yeah. you know if your, if your job is anything niffles, so you can go back on being, being a painter. Commissions will be taken. Actually, one final question before we go, Charles. What guilds haven't you won tournaments with? Quite most of them, really. But uh... no, no, you, you've won. You've won with most of them, haven't you? Yeah, fish. You haven't won with fish, have you? I have never taken fish to a tournament. But you, you've certainly won with masons. You've definitely won with butchers. You've won with brewers. You've won with morticians. You've now won with union. So does that leave engineers, fish, alchemists? Have you ever alchemists, won with them? Yeah, and that's, that's quite so, a few. I'm not, I'm not sure if any, any players have got the full set or won with all of them. But anyone has done that yet? Have they? I did see that Timmy had put a post up the other day saying he's got union, masons, and. Brewers, perhaps, left to go? Well, it can't with Mason's. And fish. Tier, so. And fish as well. Fish yeah, because well. yeah, he's... One out of ten. Um... What's wrong with that? <laughs> Brilliant. Um... <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, um, Charles. Um, it was good to have an intelligent voice on the cast once. Um, and, well, thanks uh... for having me. <laughs> Thank you, and um, we will see you... Um... On Saturday. Yep. Yeah. Bye. See you then. See you later.